Hello, folks. Um, it's great to have you. We welcome to the Hub venue. Um, if you have any questions about university or college or anything like that, um, we have a team at the back who would love to talk to you. We're a student community um, based in around the Queen's um, Stramalus Ulster Belfast campus. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, we'd love to chat to you. Um, really excited to have Joel from Kintsugi um, with us um, answering the question, does Jesus like social media? So um, yeah, I'm going to hand over to him. And before I do that, I'll just pray for you if that's all right. Um, God, I just really thank you for all that you've been doing across this festival. Um, I thank you for bringing Joel here to talk to us. Um, and I just pray for ears to listen to him and what he has to say. Amen. Thank you. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, you look really good today. Awesome. How are we all doing? It's really good to be here. Who's come to Summer Madness before? Most of you. Okay, so I'm new. It's my first time here. It's really exciting to be here. How are we feeling? Put your hand up if you've had more than seven hours sleep last night. Okay. That's a few of you. Who had less than six hours sleep? Uh, who had less than five hours sleep? Four hours sleep? Two hours sleep? Just slightly under two hours. Well, good news is, this next 45 minutes can be so boring. You'll get some more sleep now, so you're good. Um, um, it's really good to be here. So I work for a charity. We're a mental health charity. We're based nationally. And we seek to equip the church to engage in conversations around mental health. So you might think, Joel, it's a bit weird. You work for a mental health charity. Why are you talking about social media? Well, in my teenage years, I tried to be famous. In my teenage years, I tried to get famous in the online world, and it kind of worked. So at the age of 14, what are you laughing at? It's quite rude laughing at my photo. At the age of 14, no, it's, it's hilarious. I was trying to be Justin Bieber, but without a good hairdresser. Um, at the age of 14, I started my YouTube channel. This is me in the, one of my first videos with a sling. Because um, I punched a girl in drama by accident. I missed her. I, mi I was pretending to punch her. Missed her face. Missed her hair. Punched the floor. Sprained my hand. Yeah. So I did social media. Um, I started my first video when I was 14. And when I was 15, I started traveling around the country doing meet and greets and seeing and greeting fans. This led me for three years traveling around the country doing tours, doing events. I'd go to these venues. We'd host. There'd be people from X Factor there. We'd do a show and people come and ask for photos. And I did that for about three years. And I had an amazing time. And actually, from the view, it looked amazing. As a 14, 15, 16-year-old, I had people screaming my name. I had brands giving me clothes every week. I had people asking for my photo when I, wherever I went. I, was, I had people inviting me to parties because they wanted to know me. It looked fun, and it looked great, and it was for a season. 
It's like paddleboarding. Has anyone been paddleboarding before? It's become like a new thing. Well, before um, COVID, me and my family bought some paddleboards. And then in COVID, where you could kind of see people, but you couldn't be touching them. Um, we went paddleboarding with a, a family a friend, family friend, and I was helping this. Um, but there was a seven-year-old who had a life jacket, and he was going for a swim. But he got caught by the current, and he kept swimming and he kept swimming. And suddenly he realised, I can't get back. So I get on my paddleboard, being the superman I am, and I go and paddleboard towards him. I was like, Hey, Caleb, get on the paddleboard, and I'll take you back. And he went, I can't get on the paddleboard. I can't get near you. Social distancing. I was like, mate, you're drowning. Either get on the paddleboard or get COVID. Your choice. And he was refusing to get onto the paddleboard because his mama told him, you can't go near them. So I had to grab his life jacket whilst on the paddleboard, whilst he's in the water, and drag him back to the beach. But other times when I paddleboarded, I've gone out, I've been like, this is beautiful, this is amazing. And I've turned around, and I'm a long way, I'm a long way off where I was meant to be. And actually, I'm not sure I like this anymore. I don't know how to get back to where I am. And that's what happened with me and my social media stuff. I was having so much fun, I was getting all this stuff. Then I got to 18, and I looked around. And I was kind of like, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this. This doesn't feel that good. I don't think I feel happy. I was trapped. I felt trapped in social media. My mental health was suffering. My whole identity was suddenly controlled by likes and followers. So if on one week I got 2,000 likes, I was the happiest boy in the world. If the next week I got 1,000 likes, I was depressed. And for quite a while, my whole well-being, my whole happiness, my whole sense of self-worth was like this, up and down, up and down, dependent on how other people viewed me online. I was totally trapped in wanting to get the affirmation from other people. It was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. And every day... I was consistently chasing these likes and these followers. And I remember just feeling utterly down. Like I just, no one likes me. Not sure I like who I am. And you might not be a social media influencer, but I guess most of us can relate to this in some sense who know what I'm talking about, who feel the pull of like wanting to get all those likes and wanting to get all those followers and wanting people to comment on your stuff. You can feel the pull of wanting to be, get, be like the most liked person or have the most views on TikTok or be that edgy person on TikTok. And actually, for some of us, you might not want to be famous, but maybe, just maybe, your identity might start to be controlled by how people view you online. And what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be controlled and have your identity based on your online presence? Well, for me, in the most extreme version of that, it was whether I was happy or not. And my happiness was controlled on my social media likes, my social media followers. Some of us might get that. 
Some of you might be sitting here today going, oh, actually, I think that's me. I think maybe my whole identity, my whole self-worth comes from this place of wanting followers and wanting likes. And if that's you, I've just got two quick applications, then we're going to move on. The first one is this. For me, when I started to realize, oh, I'm really controlled by these likes, I had to stop looking at them. Now, now on Instagram, there's a feature where you can turn off likes. It wasn't back then. So that meant practically for a year, whenever I got Instagram out, I'd have to hold my hand like this so I couldn't see the likes. And for me, that worked. I got poo- I pushed away from the likes, pushed away from knowing how many people like my stuff. And suddenly I started feeling a bit better. Another thing you can do is um, turn off your com- comments. Turn off comments is really helpful. You turn off the nice ones, but you also turn off the not so nice ones. And thirdly, what I really needed was time away. I remember being 18 and in the summer just taking a month off and going, I, I, I'm, too con- I'm too trapped by this. My identity is too much. So I just deleted the app. It's one of the best things I ever did. So if you're struggling with your identity in social media, turn off the likes, turn off comments, and maybe for a season, take some time away. Um, my voice is struggling. I've been on a stag do. I'm the best man in two weeks. I literally flew from the peaks to come here. And we did a lot of football chants for two days. So I'm sorry if I'm drinking a lot of water, but I couldn't actually speak yesterday. Um, moving on, so some of us <laughs> might have the, our identity placed on social media. But I imagine most of us, to some sense, feel controlled by social media. A survey says that 38% of teenagers spend more than eight hours on social media, on their phones a day. And 13.39% responded by saying that they spend between seven to eight hours. So I want us to do a poll. If you get out your phones, you scan this link, it'll take you to Kansuga Hope's youth's Instagram. On there, there's a story right now. There's two stories. I only look at the first one, and it's asking this question. How long do you spend on your phone? So if you give that an answer, I on my phone will be able to tell us the answers. So have a look. Oh, here we go. Three people have voted. There's more than three of you in this room. So get on it. How long do you spend on your phone? It's answering that question. Here we go. Cool. A few more of you, a few more of you. Is everyone done? Not if you're done. Oh, I'm getting some. Nope. 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 Done. You don't have your phone. You're good people. Well done. That's good of you. Cool. Right. 62% of you said you spent between four and seven hours on your phone. One, um, 12% say you spend 
more than seven hours on your phone, and 25% say you spend between two and four hours on your phone. We spend a lot of time on our phones. And sometimes in the church, we get people come up, coming up on stage and speaking about social media and going, get off your phones. They're the devil. Turn them off. I'm not here to say that. Actually, our phones are such an integral part of our lives. And for you guys in your generation, taking your phone away is like taking your oxygen away. And we can't fight that. You guys interact with your friends more on social media than you will do in real life. So actually us taking our friends away and turning them off and chucking them into the river and going, I'm going to be free, is like 30 years, ago, 30 years ago telling people you can't go to the park and play with your friends. So I don't think phones are necessarily bad. I don't think they're bad. But I think sometimes they can stop becoming a tool and they can start controlling us. I'll be the first to admit that I can be controlled by my phone. I remember a time in sixth form. There was a time in sixth form when I was on Twitter. And I saw this tweet was like, in a month's time, Gossip Girl is getting taken off Netflix. And I was like, I've always wanted to watch that. So I started watching Gossip Girl. I got addicted. I was watching Blake, I was watching all of them. And suddenly, Gossip Girl was all I could think about. I'd wake up whilst having my cereal. Gossip Girl. Walk into school. Gossip Girl. In my free periods. Gossip Girl. Walking home from school. Gossip Girl. Walk in the afternoon. Gossip Girl. Staying up late to watch Gossip Girl. I was dreaming about Gossip Girl. It got to the stage where one day I was... um. I was in my, I was in like the library in my school. I had a free period, free periods you're meant to do work. I thought I can get an episode of Gossip going. So I did that. So I sat down, put my headphones in and clicked play. I'd forgotten to fully plug my headphones in. So loud for the whole library to hear was, last time on Gossip Girl, I was mortified. And actually, one of my friends pulled me aside. I went, Joel, I think you're spending a bit too much time watching Gossip Girl. I was controlled by it. But actually, we can be super controlled by our phones. Our phones can totally control who we are. They can control our lives. So, you know the drill. Second story. Do you feel controlled by social media or your phone? Go and answer. Has everyone answered? Yes. Cool. 14% of you said none of the time. Fair play. 64% of you said some of the time. And 21% of you said most of the time. Now, if you go onto the Bible, 
and you search the question, does Jesus like social media or about phones, you'll find nothing. Because phones didn't exist 2,000 years ago. But there are some verses we can look at what are super helpful when it comes to working out. Is phones good and is social media good? Jesus speaks a lot about money. Jesus speaks loads about money. Here in Matthew 6, 24, he says this. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He was talking about money here, but this applies to loads of stuff. We can't have two masters. We can't be controlled by social media and serving our addiction as well as being totally under the authority of Jesus Christ. We can't serve both. How can we totally go for our lives? How can we totally be for Jesus and give an all to him, sacrifice an all to him, if actually social media controls the way we act? If social media controls who we speak to? If social media controls where we go and what we do? Social media tells us how we should look, tells us how, how we should behave, tells us how our relationships should be, tells us um, how we need to be perfect. Jesus tells us about him. He tells us about a radical life of submission and surrender. We can't serve both. Do you get that? Do you see what I'm saying? But similarly to money, money inheritively isn't bad. It's a tool. It's like going a hammer is a bad thing. You can use a hammer to build something or you can use a hammer to knock it down. It's a tool we can choose to use. Likewise with social media and phone, it's a tool. They aren't inheritively bad, but a tool. And we can use social media in the right way and be, it be an incredible and beautiful tool. Or we can use it in a bad way. I've done both. There's been times when my whole self-worth was, the, the amount, was on the amount of girls that would comment on my Instagram posts saying I look good. That wasn't a good way to use social media. But recently, I became an uncle. And my niece lives two hours away. So most days I can get an update on how, how they're doing, even though they live so far away. That's when it can be a beautiful tool. Social media isn't bad. Having a phone isn't bad. But it's what we do with it. I don't think the question, the question is, would Jesus like social media or not? I think what the question would be, is does Jesus like how we use our social media? Does Jesus like how we use our phone? I want us now to spend two minutes speaking to your neighbour if you feel comfortable. Introverts, if you don't feel comfortable, just look down at your shoes for two minutes and the pain will be over soon. But everyone else... <laughs> it's always fun when I'm the only one that laughs my jokes. It makes me feel really good. Um, <laughs> right. Joseph talking, turn to your neighbor and ask, answer this question. Would Jesus like how I use my social media and my phone?
Awesome. If you guys want to come back in. Now, out of interest, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And now, put your hand up if you, if you think Jesus would like how you use your social media. Okay? Now, put your hand up. If you, put your hand up if you, keep your eyes closed. Put your hand up if you think Jesus wouldn't like how you use your social media. Awesome. Right, everyone close, hands down, open your eyes. If you put your hand up and said you don't think Jesus would like how you use your social media, you weren't the only one in this room. There's more than one. And actually, it's a very brave thing. It's a very mature thing to be so self-aware that you know actually, maybe, just maybe, I'm not just using social media to the best ability. That's a really good place to be. Because when, when you're aware of something, you can then change it. So please don't feel any shame. Don't feel any guilt if you don't think that you're using, using social media in the best way. Think of this as a place and an opportunity to change. So, how can we not be controlled by social media? And how can we use it well? Point number one is time. How much time do you use consuming social media? Because where you put your time is where you put your energy. Oh, I've lost. Oh, oh. Yay. Um, where you put your time is where you put your energy. Do you mean where you put your time is where is what you value in life? So I have a girlfriend. I want to prioritize her because I value her in my life. What, where, how much time do you put in social media? Is it the right thing to do? Are you putting enough time? Are you putting too much time? There are times when, when I can just notice myself being in a room full of people who I love and I know. And I'm just sitting here, just scrolling and scrolling. And I catch myself going, Joe, what, what are you doing? Look up. All your friends are here. My best mate, Jacob, he's really good at this. What makes him super annoying. Because if he ever sees me on my phone when I shouldn't be, he'll run up. He will nab my phone out of my hands and go, live in the moment, and then could take it. But that's needed. It's a need of a mind of how much time are you doing? For me, I try and put like an hour screen time on my phone. And I'll be honest, most of the time I click ignore limit. So sometimes this might be helpful for you to give someone else the password. I have the password to some of my friends' phones. In terms of like their screen time, like Apple, you can do screen time, can't you? You can add a password to it. So I have, a pa- I have the password for my friend's phone so that when they hit the limit, they can't go over it. Give someone else the password. Have it so actually you can't spend so much time if you think that's right. One of the most rewarding things I do is every week I try and take a day off social media. So I Sabbath. Sabbath is um, like a Christian rest day. 
And it's a day where you just delight in God, delight in this planet, and delight in people. So I try on that day not to go on, my, not to go on social media. So I've, I have my phone set that I can't get on social media on that day. And that has been so rewarding. Because it's a weekly reminder to remind myself that I'm in control of my social media. It's not in control of me. And trust me, it takes time and it takes energy and it's really annoying. Because I'll, on, it'll be Saturday since I take my Sabbath. And I'll be at like 2pm going, I really want to look on Twitter. I really want to look on Twitter. I need to stop myself because I know it's not good if I always have access to it. So I try and turn it off. And then, once a year, I try and take at least a week off all my social media. So this is normally when I go on holiday, I just delete it from my phone and go, this week, I'm going to take, take a step away. And all it does is it tells yourself you're in control, not the other way around. It's really helpful. How can you spend, how can you use your time better on social media? Turn to your friend, 30 seconds, what can you do to make sure you're, 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 doing, you're consuming the right amount of time on social media? That question didn't make sense, but you get the gist. Go. Amazing. Point number two is your feed. So, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. I had a spider in my hair. Do not, be, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Paul says this to a letter to the, to, to, Corinthians, to the Corinthians because they were starting to doubt and not really believe Jesus was resurrected as they were listening to people who didn't believe. So they were spending time with people who didn't believe Jesus was resurrected and then they were starting to doubt. So Paul was like, hey, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Do not, have in, do not allow people who aren't good people to have an influence over how you think. So my question, is your feed making you a better person? I think it's important of us to work out if we're consuming healthily. Do we consume healthily? Is our content we're seeing healthy? Is your feed making you a better person? Or is it actually making you sad? Because you're comparing your life to someone's showreel. Is it making you sad because you're here in bed looking a bit like a slob watching reels and you're seeing someone in the Maldives living their best life? Is your feed making you feel good or is it making you feel jealous of people or you're lusting over people? What is the content doing for you? For me, I'm consistently muting and unfollowing people. I love it. It's my favourite thing to do. Because when I come to realise that their content isn't being good for me, I'll either unfollow or mute. I think we need to get good at muting and unfollowing people. For me, I want my social media to be, an up, to be uplifting. I want to go on there, feel good, come and leave again. 
So for me, I want my feed to be my best mates, people sharing Jesus, some cool architecture, and good fashion. And that's it. So I chose to mute and unfollow people that wasn't good for me. Unfollowing is great, but sometimes you can't unfollow them because you know them and it's a bit awkward. So on Instagram, if you hold down their story, you can mute them, and that's really helpful. I realized that making sure I'm careful about what I consume is a super helpful thing. It made me a better person when I realized I need to be careful what I'm allowing to go into my brain. Because I'm not sure I want to be a jealous person. I don't want to be someone who's lusting over everyone. I don't want to be someone who's always trying to get people's attention. I don't want to be someone who's so desperate to be accepted that I keep trying to be like other people on social media. It's funny, when I look back on my social media days, I can watch any video and I can tell you which YouTuber I was trying to be. I don't want to be like that. And we do this in real life, don't we? If you meet someone and they make you feel bad about yourself or your lives or they weren't nice or they didn't care, then we would go, I'm not going to see them again because they didn't make me feel great, wouldn't we? You wouldn't hang out with someone who doesn't make you feel good. But actually, we follow people on social media and we see their posts and it doesn't make us feel good. And we go, oh, I'll see what they post tomorrow as well. And I'll keep doing that and I'll keep doing that. We need to refine who we allow into our lives. When we realise the people closest to us are the people we're most are the people we're going to be going to be when we realise people who are closest to us are the people we are going to become. We need to be careful who we allow to be close. So I'd love you today at some point to take out your phone, scroll past ten photos on Instagram, and ask yourself this question each time: Is this healthy or unhealthy for me to see? And for each of us, it will be different. For what is unhealthy for me might not be unhealthy for my best mate because we're built differently. What was unhealthy for someone at that age might not be unhealthy for someone at a different age. Is it healthy or unhealthy? And start muting people. Is your feed good or is your feed bad? Third point. We need to learn to communicate honestly. So when I turned 18 and I was burnt out from social media, I felt God go to me, Joel, you've been building your own name this whole time. I want you to build my name instead. So I shifted my social media and I started sharing the gospel. And I thought naively, I'm going to get a million followers straight away. Because if God has told me to do this, then I'll just get loads of followers. Because that's how it works, doesn't it? In the first year, I lost 70% 70 of my audience. I lost my brand deals. I lost my work due to it. But I learned that I don't need to be controlled by social media. Often on social media, people don't communicate honestly about their lives. I've seen people share stuff when they're like, oh, I'm living my best life. Life's great. And I think yesterday you were on the phone to me telling me you were depressed. That's not true. Jesus shared the good news. 
And Jesus shared it through a communication style that was fit for his audience. So Jesus' audience were shepherds, fishermen, and so on. So he communicated through stories that they would understand. That's why sometimes when you read a parable, you're like, I haven't a clue what this means. That's because Jesus was sharing it to someone 2,000 years ago who was a farmer or a shepherd. You're a teenager who goes to high school. You won't necessarily straight away know what it means. And that's why we need to study the Bible. But Jesus adapted his communication style to fit into the cultural norms of the time. So we as Christians who love Jesus need to adapt how we communicate the gospel to fit the present cultural norms. And the way to do that is social media, to share his love. We have a tool to spread love. We have a tool where we can communicate more people today than ever before. And we can use that tool to share the gospel. And that's one of the most beautiful things. I may have lost followers on social media, but I had some really cool stuff. I remember being in Mackey's once, and someone walked up to me. I was like, you post all that Christian stuff on social media. I was like, yeah. He's like, I think it's all rubbish, but I really enjoy watching it each day. It's like, I'll take that. To be honest, if you're still watching, I'll take that. There's times where people, recently I was at a Christian festival and someone came up to me and went, I just want to say thank you because you posted so much Christian content and for a season that really helped me in my walk and my faith. I was losing followers. I wasn't looking like I was being successful. But actually people were impacted. There's an analogy. I was reading this book on social media and it said, 40 years ago, you walk into a teenager's room, bedroom, and through the posters on their walls, through the bed sheets, through who they are, you can tell who they want to be. Like you could walk in and there might be a cowboy poster or there might be like an Arsenal bed sheet, that sort of thing. They went, now, a teenager's social media account is their bedroom walls. So my question for you, is if I looked on your social media right now, would I know that you're a Christian? I think. If I looked on your social media right now, would I know that you love Jesus and you're going for him? Because I had to ask myself that question and I went, no, I wouldn't. I had thousands of people follow me. But actually, if they looked on my account, they wouldn't even know the most significant thing in my life. And that was Jesus. Jesus has totally changed my life. I am a better person because of him. And I love him. And I want all my friends and everyone I know to know him. And I had a, I had a tool to share out my friends. And they didn't even know that I love Jesus. We need to learn to communicate honestly when it comes to being a Christian online. We need to learn to share about our brokenness and share how Jesus can help. And here's a few practical ways to do that. This is stuff that I've done and I found it really helpful. First one, it's a fun little one. Ask God. Just go, God, what do you want me to post about? And let's do it. I remember when lockdown started, 
I felt like, oh, I want to do something, God. I don't want to just sit here. What can I do? And I felt God say, I say I felt, because I wasn't, 100% might not have been God, but it could have been. So I don't want to be like, oh, God told me, because I'm not 100% sure, but I felt like God say, start doing a Bible study on your Instagram. So for every day, I went through the Gospel of Luke. I did 134 videos every day, sharing through the whole Gospel of Luke. About two, three hundred people watching each day. And actually people come up to me and say, that was really impactful in that time. That's just because I went, God, how, how can you use me? What can I do? I did that. Another one, what is so easy, this is so easy, it's share your testimony. Everyone loves a story. There's a reason why we all keep going to the movies and we keep doing stuff. Everyone loves stories. So tell your story. Tell your testimony. Tell how Jesus has radically changed your life. Another one is a Q&A, the Q&A tool on stories. I sometimes just go, what do you want to know about Jesus? I just answer them there. It's easy. It's quick. Another one is repost. Just repost other people's content. There are some incredible people online who are sharing Jesus in amazing ways. You just repost on your story. People start to go, oh, why is Amelia posting about Christians? That's weird, I might ask her. Some good accounts to follow is The Way UK. They're an amazing account. They um, do loads of stuff on social media about Jesus. They ask people questions. You've probably seen them on TikTok. It's a guy with curtains called Jesse. And he has a microphone and he goes, do you think dating a Christian's good? And it's amazing what happens when they just ask people questions. And finally, be yourself be yourself why is that Starbucks logo Joel if you look at the Starbucks logo this wasn't the first rendition of the Starbucks logo the first rendition was similar to this and it came to Mr. Starbucks or whoever it was in the meeting and they went they went this this doesn't feel right this logo doesn't feel right what's wrong and they realized the logo was too perfect that they couldn't relate to it. So they deliberately added a flaw to the Starbucks logo so people would, would self-consciously would relate to the logo so they'd be more likely to buy the coffee. If you look at the lady's eyebrows, one is longer than the other. Do you see? Coming down here. One's longer... One's longer than the other. Starbucks deliberately added a logo, a, a mistake to their logo, so people would relate to it more. People don't relate to you being perfect or pretending to be perfect, but they totally relate to your brokenness. Social media tells us, be perfect, share the perfect life. That's not relatable. But what is relatable? is sharing your brokenness, sharing your mess, but also sharing how Jesus goes through that. So I'm, I'm one of my m biggest parts of my testimony is I'm severely dyslexic and I have a speech impediment. That means I can't spell and I can't speak. Yeah, my, this is my job. <laughs> this isn't me. This is God. This is God doing that. 
So actually, I'm deliberate in, if someone sends me a message going, oh, your story's spelled incorrectly, I deliberately don't change it. Because that's me. And actually, that's an amazing conversation start. I to go, yeah, how funny is this? I can't spell, I can't speak. Well, my job is to go and preach to people. That's what God does. Share honestly. Don't use your social media to share the show reel. Don't use your social media to share you pretend to be perfect. Share the real you. And when people see the real you, they'll come to you and go, Joe, how on earth are you that broken but you're still going on? And that's when you can go, let me tell you about someone called Jesus. Guys, social media and phones aren't bad. I don't think Jesus would tell us not to use our phones or use social media. But I think he would ask us, are you using social media and your phones in the right way? I'd love you to have a think. Am I using it in the right way? And how can I use that tool better? To one, share myself more honestly, but two, share God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you've given us a beautiful tool of technology. Help us manage it well. Help us work out how to use it well for your glory. And help us not get addicted. Help us fight that. Help us have help us have safe and healthy mechanisms for all of this. Please be with all these people here in this room. Help them to just go out of this place knowing you better and knowing just how much you love them. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Um, you can find us on social media. Zika Chad.